You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight we are discussing uh, For the Win by Corey Doctorow. Uh, joining me tonight uh, is uh, Jennifer Hetzel. How are you doing? Pizza the Hut. Yes. Great. Yeah. I'm already <laughs> in the PJs. For those of you who are watching the show live on YouTube, um, it's just it, it's just us tonight. Unfortunately, um, several other people. It's it's that time of year where it's hard to uh, make sure we keep up with all the books that we're trying to read. Uh, so a lot of other people didn't finish the book, um, and uh, and unfortunately, the other person who did finish the book, Ray, is out sick. So. Yeah, so uh, it's it's just going to be us tonight, but that that should be fine. Um, so first off, uh, how have you been? Pretty good, you know. Good just day. you know, getting back into the swing after the holidays. It's always great going back to work after all that food and time off. But oh yeah, oh yeah, I know all about that. Um, yeah, I. I you know, it's been a month since we've done this show, but, you know, we've done a couple of the other shows. And, uh, of course, you, you know, uh, you did your, your show last night, uh, Sustainably Geeky. So, uh, but, yeah, just trying to get back in the swing of things is always like, all right, well, new year, time to get going again. You know, you, you, you keep, like, I still technically haven't jumped back on my diet yet because I've been kind of stressed with 3D printing and a bunch of other stuff. And it's just like, okay, next week, next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's always next week. Always next week. Um, but like I said, tonight we're discussing uh, For the Win by Cory Doctorow. Uh, what's interesting is this book was brought up as a possibility uh, for us to read by Ray, mm-hmm. uh, pointing that out, uh, by Ray a couple of months ago. And uh, he would even forgotten that he had suggested it, uh, which kind of makes me wonder. I'm like, why did he suggest it if he hadn't read it yet? Like, I, I figure most people have either, when we, we recommend a book, it's either something we've heard a lot about or it's something we've read and we want to share with the rest of the group. So, A lot uh, of times I just, if it's something I want to read, it'll that's why I suggest it because it'll be a good push to get me to actually read it. But Right. Yeah, and maybe then, that's, yeah, cool. that's, yeah that's and that's fine. Uh, like I said, I, I, I kind of, I don't know, part of me thought he had already read it or something, but in any case, uh, like I said, for tonight's discussion, it's just going to be us two. Uh, let's start off with our usual, just kind of a quick overview. What did you think of the book? Okay, well, disclaimer, I didn't finish it. As uh, we talked about in the pre-show, I am this many pages in, uh, which is, for those that are not watching, probably a little over 100, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a long-ass book. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the story's not bad so far, I feel like I'm close to the conclusion, so it's not going to change too much. But um, it is a little slow moving in some parts or a little like drug out and probably could have been condensed some. Um, It's it's a little confusing with so many stories and he doesn't go back to them all like right away. So sometimes it's several pages um, before your chapters, before you get to back to the same one that you were on in the beginning and you're like, who was this again? And I have to mm-hmm. go back and kind of research. So, um, yeah, usually with books like that, you have a little less space in between the stories, at least, so you can kind of see where they connect. Um, but otherwise, I mean, the, the story was pretty good, but I know there was a lot of economics in it, like you mentioned. So that was a little tough to <laughs> yeah, get through. Um. 
I'll be honest with you. I should have really liked this book, and I didn't. Uh, there's several reasons kind of going into that. Uh, the economics, uh, which just kind of mentioned a minute ago, uh, is one of them. <clears throat> and it's not that I have a problem with e- economics, and I don't have a problem with books trying to um, – teach me something either like you know it's i love when a story not only is as a story but it has you know something some kind of information to share and, and to teach um so that's that's not the issue um it like you said one of my biggest problems though was the fact that we do bounce around quite a bit from you know person to person and what's funny is is um uh there's a, a, t- a small time hop in here where we're about three months past and I didn't even really realize it, honestly, until I went back and read the synopsis. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes a little more sense. But um, we have these characters, and several of them are, are, are very similar. And that I was kind of getting confused. I was like, okay, is it, mm-hmm. is it this person? When they do finally start meeting up, uh, it becomes easier because we have you know a more centralized thread that we can go along with. But for the most part, a lot of it, I was just like, okay, I think this is the person. Okay, this is the person, you know, it would take a little bit for me to kind of get back into it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I didn't really care for the book. And, honestly, I I, re- I think I should have. Um, the book is uh, For the Wind by Cory Doctorow. It's um, basically what it is is uh, it's a, a story of uh, a little bit set in the future, not too far. Um where a lot of people are playing online role-playing games, which, you know, that's happening now. Tons of people play online role-playing games, whatever it be, you know, fantasy or sci-fi or whatever. And this is the story of people who are um, in uh, generally poor countries, and this is the new sweatshop. This is uh, gold farming or uh, helping people uh, uh, buff their character or lead them through raids. Uh, this type of thing. And this is something that is actually happening in the real world now. Uh, I and know see, I did are... like the social commentary aspect of it because, you know, I'm right. a little bit of a social justice warrior mindset. Bit, so, yeah. so, yeah, I did like that. And anything that, that points out injustice in the world and, and things like that, I, I always gravitate towards. So that yeah. was a, this is a cool spin on that because um, you can make a lot of parallels with real life. And, and I'll be honest with you, the the the, the idea, the print, the the basic idea and premise, uh, I could see happening. Like if, if you're just some of the more fantastic, well, I say fantastic, the more extreme, where it's like, oh well, it's these games are now like bigger than most of you know the world's economies and stuff. I'm like, no, well, that's that's a little bit of a stretch. But yeah, I like know four for a fact, of the games have the what top ten are in the top ten largest economies in the world supposedly, and I'm like. Okay, I don't, I don't get it, but I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was because um, he just wanted to really stress the fact that, you know, this is super important. This isn't just like, oh, well, who really cares? These people are just playing games. They can go get a real job or whatever. You know, it, it's like it adds some more weight to it. But even then, even with the, the state of the world is now, it's still a situation where people are getting paid, you know, below minimum, you know, barely scraping by to do a semi-menial job. Well, and it's indentured servitude because you work for the company and then they make you live 
in their dorms and eat their food and their clothes and stuff and everything they give you, they dock your pay so you can never get out of it. You're basically like indebted to the company so much by the, and then everything you do slightly wrong is an excuse for them to dock your pay more. And so basically you're just a slave to them because you owe them so much money and exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible situation that. Yeah. It's, it's taking that real life situation and definitely applying it to this new uh, new menial labor essentially is what it is. Cause gold farming, if you're unfamiliar is, is the practice of going into like a role-playing game and you're basically doing the same actions over and over again to accumulate, uh, you know, this fictional currency, usually it's gold pieces or whatever, and then, um, selling it to, you know, people in the real world. And like I said, this is a real thing that is happening, you know, throughout the world uh it's just kind of taking a lot of it's it's taking a lot of the the problems that we're having with uh sweatshops now whereas you know maybe maybe manufacturing sweatshops and applying it to that and it talks about that one of the things in the book is the fact that um the the group is wanting to get a uh um, what's the not guild what is the term i'm looking for union they're wanting to get a union together to help protect their rights and, uh, of course, it, it, it talks about the fact that the, the normal trade unions are just like, y'all are playing games, you know, y'all, whatever, y'all aren't even in the same league we are. And by the end of the book, they're like, oh, no, like, y'all have a good point. Like, we're whereas, all in this together. Yeah, exactly. We're all in this together. We're all living in the same type of situation. We're doing a different job, but we're all doing the same type of thing. Um, and they well, point out, go on. I was going to say, that's like the concept that I thought was kind of cool that, like, Throughout the book, you have um, these people fighting on the virtual side, but they're also trying to pull in those factory workers in the real world um, and unite everyone because it's just all workers all over the world. And they're trying to tell them, hey, if whether you live in India or China or, you know, another like third world country that is that gets these jobs because they have no rules um, for the companies to follow we're all workers and we all matter and we're all in it together. So don't think of it in terms of, well, it's not going to help me because it helps us all in the end. And it's being more of a broader scope because I think a lot of places tend to think local and, Oh, I only want to help my people. And that yeah. doesn't work in a situation like this. And it brings up the fact that uh, unlike those type of trade uh, unions, whereas, you know, they can come in and basically close up shop and, you know, move, move everything to another country where it would be uh, feasibly cheaper to, uh, to produce. They're like, this is a global thing. Like this is not just, you know, Indian workers. And this is not just an Indian union. This is an Indian. This is a union that would like encapsulate uh, these, you know, gold farmers from all over the world. So it's not like they can just pull up, you know, stakes and move somewhere else. Like this is a global, this is hitting the union on a global scale. So, um, but like I said, so just kind of going through some of this. So some of the characters that we have, um, um, it, it starts off with with a kid named Matthew Fong. He's uh, he works for uh, Boss Wing, and uh, him and this group of guys have basically been—they're the best of what they do of gold farming, and they they went out on their own. They're like, you know, we're not working for you anymore. We're going to do our own thing. And they end up, you know, in the book, they have this giant score. They make, you know, a bunch of money all of a sudden. And the boss's goons show up and basically beat the crap out of them and tell them, you know, listen, you can, 
you're going to be independent, but you're still going to funnel all of your money through us, and we're going to take a huge cut, and you don't really have a choice in this. Um, you know, it's, or it's, we're going to kill you. Or we're going to kill you. And it's, it's you know, uh, it, it's like I said, it's that classic example of uh, a boss having total control uh, and just throwing their weight around. And, and like you said, it's it's indentured servitude. It's, ba- it's slavery, really. Um, and so it, it talks about this. Um, and then it moves on to a kid that's in America. He's staying up late and he's playing with um, – um, a bunch of uh, uh, Chinese kids and his parents like don't see the value in it. They are threatening to uh, send him to like a private school or whatever. Kind of weird. He get, There's a car accident. <laughs> and while his dad is like preoccupied with the car accident, he runs away. He manages to kind of, you know, get up and out on his own or whatever. Um, but he's constantly talking with his friends in, in China and they're, you know, talking about, you know, the type of situations they're in and, and this, that, and the other, um, which, you know, plays in later. Um, let's see here. And then we go to, um, Mumbai where there's a girl named Mala and, um, she's, she, not only is she, she's not a gold farmer. She's more of a, um, uh, strategist. In fact, she's a really good strategist and, uh, she's able to, uh, they're being hired to take out these gold farmers or they're being tired, you know, hired to take out these other armies and these games and stuff. And, um, she goes on this big raid and basically it gets her ass handed to her. And when she, she finds, you know, she finds out who it is. It's, it's a person calling herself, um, a big sister. And she's like, Hey, we're part of a, uh, international uh, union and we're trying to get all the workers together. You should come join us. And so we start getting in these ties. <clears throat> Pardon me. Sorry, my throat's a little dry. Um, and then we move over and then up to this point, I'm following it. I'm like, okay, so we've got a couple of different stories that are going to tie in together. Probably somehow or another, you know, they're all playing the game. They're all doing kind of their own thing. Um, and then we get to the second part of the book, and uh, this is where the um, – uh, um, not statistics. Um, boy, I'm not having a good night tonight. Um, economics. This is where the economics lessons are coming in. And this is where I start having problems with the book. Um, <laughs> I don't have a problem with these uh, – with, with a book having, like you said in the pre-show, having you know a story. You know, not, it's not just a story. It's, it's trying to teach you something. I, I actually prefer that. I like that in the book. You know, to pick up some nuggets of information as I'm going along and being entertained. This book, on the other hand, uh, literally just like slams on the brakes and is like, okay, time for an economics lesson. And it's it's simplified, but it also kind of felt like talking down to me a little bit. Uh, did you get that at all? When they start going, like, is this when he's giving the lesson to Mala yeah. or the other girl? Well, it, any time that it stops and it's like, okay, well, this is what's happening. They're farming the gold. We're going to take the gold and we're going to put it into this. And then it's going to go into equity. And, it's good. and I'm just like. I mean, a little bit, but I, whenever people start talking macroeconomics or even micro, I, I don't get it. I, I've tried for years to understand it and it just completely goes over my head. So I just feel really stupid whenever any of that talk starts. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a little like, oh boy, this is a lot. And is this all relevant to what we're doing? It's oh, especially when they talk 
they get to the guy who's like the, the student who like quit school to come up with all these theories and he's talking about Connor. you know the markets and yeah i was just like i i just don't get it i it's and i and i really don't get how money in a video game translates to real money that's that's what doesn't make sense to me but you know. Yeah, it's it does kind of take some liberties there. I mean, I understand the whole thing of okay, um, you know, like if, if I'm playing the game and I spend, you know, a dollar at real money, I get, you know, say a hundred, hundred gold or whatever, and I can understand going out and farming this stuff, you know, using my time or in this case other people's time, and saying, hey, instead of buying a, a hundred gold uh, for your dollar from the company. If you give me your dollar, I'll give you 150 gold. So I could understand, you know, I understand that. But then it starts going, like you said, it starts going into like, there's like hedge funds and they're like investments and there's like literally a stock market and it's getting super deep. And like I said, it's, it has shut down all the, all of the story has shut down at this point and we're getting nothing but this straight economics lesson. Um, and it was just, it was a lot. It really made the the book hard to listen to. Um, I came to several points and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to stop and go listen to something else or do something <laughs> else because I'm, Brain break. I, 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 yeah, I've had enough. Like, I also try to listen to stuff while I'm doing other things and I don't really need to stop what I'm doing to divert all of my thought process to follow this. Um, at least for something that I don't find particularly interesting. I mean, it was different with Neil deGrasse Tyson's book. Cause I was like, stop and be like, Oh wow, that's really interesting. And the only thing about this, I'm just like, I also have also uh, his voice. <laughs> yes. I also have a, um, I hate the stock market. I just, you know, I, I know how it works to some extent. It just seems idiotic and stupid and i'll be honest with you i don't know i don't understand how it's not gambling because it is but <laughs> it's legal gambling exactly it's legalized gambling so um but yeah we got this guy connor he quits his job you know he's got in the phd program at, at stanford and he does all these different you know stuff you know he does all these different uh models and stuff and he ends up like becoming a hermit and, you know, shuts himself in and is like spending all of his money. He basically goes bankrupt because he just knows this stuff's going to start paying off. Um, and, uh, oh, and by the way, all these games are owned by the Coca-Cola company, which I thought was I'm like, all right, Coca-Cola. Okay. Uh, hmm. sure. Why not? Um, but anyway, so there's this strike boss wing declares there's a lock in, um, and uh, there's a strike, and and what ends up happening is um, some of these kids, some of these boys, end up getting uh, hurt and killed, and one of them manages to get away. And at one point, he finds. Did you did you get to the part where he finds? Um, he meets the girl. He meets the girl who does the. Uh, I cannot remember her the name. Show. The show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, actually got up to the part where his friend got out and introduced, okay. he introduces him. So, okay. Um, what was her name? I can. John something. J I. Johnny. J -I -A -N. Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, she does like a. Giondi, uh, yeah. Yeah, Giondi. and she does a. Um, she does a show. Uh, basically, a pirate online pirate, you know, radio show. 
uh, talking to these girls that are in these um, um, most basically uh, sweatshops and stuff and talking about, you know, listen, you don't 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 listen to your boss. They don't really love you. They're just taking advantage of you. Uh, you know, you need to get, you know, stick together. You can get through this girls. I got through this. And, uh, then she starts, you know, promoting the stuff that the, um, the Weeblies as they're called the, uh, the online union. Um, and she becomes one of their allies. And it's at this point we start weaving some of these stories together. So you have all these different players, you know, these different players doing different things and they all start coming together and, um, they're starting to they're starting to try to organize. They're trying to organize strikes. They're trying to uh, organize what happens in these different um, uh, uh, countries and stuff. And and they even start contacting the unions and like, hey, we want in, and y'all need to be part of us, like we were talking about before. Um, and like I, it was, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff in there. The kid from the U.S. ends up sneaking into China in a in a uh, um, so. I got to the part where he was building the box and then, you know, he talks about how he equipped this mm-hmm. modular, shipping container, whatever. Yeah. yeah, shipping container. And then, it, you know, I don't know what happened after that. I haven't figured it out, but I was like, why does it, doesn't he have like good standing in the U S why doesn't he just go over as, did, did they ever address that? Because no, I don't, he briefly I don't think so. says something about that, but then he never explains it. And I'm just like, this is dumb. I think it's because he was he was trying to smuggle in a bunch of these um, the game cards, the game cards. And I think that's the way he figured out. But then again, it's still like, why didn't you put them in the shipping container? And then just like you said, fly over. You own the shipping, you know, because your dad died, you own part of the shipping thing. Why don't you just ship it to yourself and go? But whatever. I thought the same thing. It was a little weird. Um I don't know, maybe his mom was going to stand in the way of it or whatever. But anyway, he ends up getting there. He's fine. Um, yeah, so the the book ends up at the very end. Um, all of these, there, there have been a couple of different breakouts or whatever. Um, um, what's, her, what's her name? Uh, Big Sis ends up uh, getting killed in, in a raid. And... Um, they all try to like all these weeblies, all these uh, all these uh, unionized gamers start coming together and have this massive war, and are blocking all the gold farmers. And then they go to the the people who are running the you know the sweatshops and stuff, and they're basically telling them, you know, listen, y'all have to deal with us. Like we're we're standing up, we're not going to take this anymore. Um, and they even find out some stuff on the um, uh, the people at the Coca Cola company. Uh, which I still think is so weird. It's Coca-Cola, but whatever. Um, what are the other companies that own games? So there, there's other weird ones that you're like, why are they in the game business? Exactly. Yeah. But, Coca-Cola was the main one that kept kind of kept coming up. You're right. There was another one that was totally out of left. I wonder how they got around using their name. If, if well, being a... in a book, you, you can actually do that. Like oh, you okay. can make references and stuff. Yeah. So, which it. is why player why why Ready Player One had so many references, but when you try to pull it, make it into a movie, you know it's it's a different uh, thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they have this big battle, and they end up going to Coca Cola, and they're basically like, you know, listen, we've been storing up all this money, we've got you know all this virtual game money, we've got uh, basically everything on lockdown. You're going to start working with us. You're going to start helping us get decent pay and decent living rights or whatever, or we're basically going to shut down all of your games 
and that's going to cost you a ton of money. And like, it was like an 11th hour type thing, you know, that's like, you know, going toe to toe. Do we really believe them? They're like, sure. Yeah, we absolutely have to believe them, whatever. Um, and the end of the book is like, they're, you know, they've pretty much gotten what they wanted. Um, and they're, they're going to Mumbai to kind of rally together and start organizing this stuff. And the, 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 the Connor, the kid that, you know, worked for Coca-Cola that, you know, came up with all these economic plans or whatever, I thought this was a weird thing. Uh, managed to hack their email accounts and find out where they were meeting. So he shows up too. And they're just like, oh, so you're the guy that we were going toe to toe with. He's like, oh, well, he's like, well, kind of. I just worked for the company. He said, but it was, it was weird. It was a weird. I don't like end. him. Um, I don't like him. Yeah. He I did, seems honest, like a snake. Honestly, like a selfish. I, yeah. I didn't care for most of the characters in the book. Um, uh, John D, the the girl who was doing the, the show, I liked her because she seemed like she was genuine, genuinely trying to help. A lot of the other characters, though, kind of go back and forth, uh, you know, throughout the story. And I'm just like, are you doing this for you or are you doing this to actually help people? Um, well, like, doesn't... I thought it was weird when um, Mala was adamant, like, no, we're not going to join you when when who is it, Yasmin, left the group, and then they all attack her, like physically attack her, and then she fights back, Mala ends up in the hospital, and then she's like, okay, I'll join you now. And I'm like, because you got beat up, now you're going to be on their side? Like, I don't get it. And she's, yeah. Some of the motivations of the characters just, like you said, they're a little little weird. There are not, I don't say flaky, but they're just, yeah. They kind of, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't really care for the book. Like I said, I, most of the characters just seemed kind of, they weren't extremely deep to me. Um, and I also think, unfortunately, it may also have been the writing style on this. So, um, which, which brings up my, my biggest problem with the book. And that is, like I said, it's the economic stuff. And so, I listen to all the, if you've listened to this show, you know, I do all of my reading, quote unquote, my listening, uh, through audible, all of my, all of my reading is done through audible. Uh, this book was not on audible. And, uh, in order to read this book, I had to go, uh, either read a physical copy or try to get it electronically through a library. Or what I ended up doing was I got a, um, free month trial for, uh, I think it's called audiobooks.com. And, uh, just a quick word on that. Uh, the service seemed fine, but uh, it's def- it's not Audible. Like it's like Audible, like maybe a decade ago. Like you know, <laughs> they're still trying to figure out stuff. Um, and that's how I ended up reading this book. And the reason why I bring that up is because uh, the author of this book is Cory Doctorow, and uh, he's known in the um, in the inter- in the internet spaces as being like a really he's a very He's very adamant about um, personal rights. So, uh, in fact, they even referenced him in Ready Player One. Like, uh, whenever it was time to vote for for uh, the the uh, president and stuff of the Oasis, uh, he said, well, of course he was voting for Cory Doctorow and Will Wheaton because those guys pretty much, you know, make sure that they stand up for, you know, people's rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, Cory Doctorow is known for standing up, you know, he's, he's very anti- um, like spying and stuff. He believes everyone should, you know, have a, an open and free voice on the internet. 
Um, but he's also uh, heavily against any kind of DRM, digital rights management, to the point that's why his book is not on Audible. Is even though, you know, uh, if you have an Audible account, you buy the book, you own it, like you just have to use their player to listen to it, but you own the book. Even if you quit your account, you still own the book. But because there's any kind of DRM on it, he's against it, and that's why he doesn't have his books on Audible. Hmm. To the point that I'm like, the reason why this ties in is is I'm like, I understand having, <clears throat> pardon me, I understand having your um, convictions and standing by them, and that's great. But to a certain point, it actually kind of starts to conflict with whatever it is you want to do. You're so adamant about no DRM, which I understand a decade ago, yes, DRM was garbage. Like, yeah, you bought something. You couldn't hardly listen to it. You couldn't do anything with it. Nowadays, you know, everything's kind of tied together and you buy it and you can do a lot more stuff with it. But it's like, because you're so adamant about it, I couldn't read the book the way I wanted to. So I had to go about and do this other thing. But how is this system different from Audible? And like, like, don't you still have to use their system? So then isn't it kind of the same setup or it's am I missing like something? you can actually download a, a, a copy of it. Like, oh, like a audible, yeah. Gotcha. Um, Audiophile. Yeah. Um, but and the reason why the, the the way this ties in the 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 point I'm trying to make is he was uh, he was so adamant about you know the DRM and everything that's the way that this book was released. Mirror that to this book. Um, he's so adamant about trying to go into these economic lessons that we just. Like, the story really almost seemed like it was added to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, the economics is the absolute most important thing. And the story can be pretty good, too. Um, <laughs> but for for me, it just, it did not work. It didn't flow. It kept breaking up the story. Um, had this been about one character, you know, and had a more central theme all the way through it, yeah. it might not have bothered me as much. But, like I said, add to the fact that you've got five or six different characters were not regularly checking in on them. And that we have these times where literally it just shuts down the story. And it's like, here's the economics lesson, deal with it. And I, it just did not fly with me. Yeah. So. Well, Sorry. at least, you know, uh, you've tried out another format, uh, or software. I have tried another. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, um, I guess like kind of early on in the book club, I tried out eStories, which is mm -hmm. another subscription service. And I tried it because they had like a, you know, one month free special. And I ended up staying with it for a little bit because it was a little bit cheaper than Audible, but their selection wasn't as good. Mm -hmm. So that was the main reason I canceled because Audible, you could get like just about anything. And that one was just like the most popular titles. And some of the books we read weren't quite, you yeah. know as popular or they were exclusive to audible. So like the Scott Meyer books, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, I still have a few books on that. So now I have to swap back and forth and figure out, okay, what, where did I save it? Right. I made a spreadsheet for that actually. Yay. <laughs> He's so proud of me. Yeah. All my digital <laughs> books, I list what they are and where they're at. Nice. See, I've only ever used Audible, so whenever I go to look for my digital books, I literally just have to log in and be like, all right, let's see what I got. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, so 
if if the, if you don't think those things would bother you, if you don't think the 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 hard economics lessons or having the multiple um, storylines, you know, would would detract from it, you may enjoy the book. I, like I said, it just it just didn't hit with me. Uh, and it may also, and we've talked about this before. Um, like I said, I do all my reading, you know, uh, through audiobooks, and having a physical copy that, like you said, you had to flip back and kind of reference some of the characters and stuff. This might have been another one of those times where having a physical copy of the book might have actually made it better for me. But it just, like I said, as is, it just did not hit with me. So, what did you think? Uh, overall. Or, yeah, overall. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a decent story, and it it kept me going. You know, like Chris, I think she said she couldn't get past the first twenty five pages, <laughs> but I was still, you know, like, oh, I want to know what happens. But it wasn't as captivating as as some things, and and it did some of that stuff did take away from it. But overall, I enjoyed the story. Um, just could have been, I guess, structured a little better, and less economics would have helped. Yeah. You think Might have also it? reduced the number of pages. Yeah, I'll finish oh, yeah. it because I want to know what happens. Um, okay. I just don't know how fast I'll get through. <laughs> well, when you do finally finish it, like uh, you know, I'd like to like like to get your your final opinion of it. So. Yeah. But. Um, I underestimated how long this book was and how fast I could get through it. I guess. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's uh, like I said, it was it was. Uh, rather lengthy so i kept looking at the audio player and i kept going wow i thought i'd be further along in this than i am did you so, listen on double speed too yes wow. i always did like that was the other thing i was like if this if this system doesn't have an app that i can listen at double speed i don't know what i'm gonna do but sure enough it did so but I even at double it. speed i was like but i mean that should also tell you like i'm already like i've already i downloaded uh, the first four Harry Potter books because I got I had some extra credits come up through Audible, and um, I'm already like a good ways into the first Harry Potter book, and I look down and I'm just like, wow, I'm flying through this because I'm enjoying it, and that was one of the things I could tell. I really wasn't enjoying this other book because I kept looking. I was like, okay, I still have another six hours to go. Okay, I've got another five hours to go. Who narrates that? The Harry uh, Potter books. Let me see. Well, okay, now here's Is the it- thing. Uh, because, uh, no, 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 it, because it's in the U S uh, Jim Dale does the narration on this and it's pretty good. Uh, I understand if you can get around the, uh, region lock though, the, uh, British version, the person who reads that one is superb. So, hmm. but, uh, anyway, okay. well, I, I guess that's about it. Like I said, I know it's kind of a short show, but considering there was just the two of us and, uh, technically one only of one of us. <laughs> yeah, one of us has only finished it. I, I guess that's about it. I mean, I really don't want to go into all the minutia. Um, like I said, my, my biggest things were, and I'm looking here, even on the Wikipedia page, it's talking about um, reception of the novel has been mixed. Some reviews praised its righteous, righteous message, which I understand. I do like the message that, you know, hey, we need to, uh, you know, even if it's even if it's technically, you know, sitting in front of a uh, computer and playing a video game, People have rights. We need to pay them a living wage. We don't need to, you know, basically enslave them for this type of thing. Uh, but others have said the uh, uh, that this uh, this oh the uh, the economics lessons and stuff may have distracted from the overall novel. Um, 
for those who have been interested in. So yeah, pretty much exactly what what we said was some people you know were able to get around all that stuff and really like the message, and <laughs> other people like myself were like I, I I like the message, but I can't I can't get around all this other stuff. It's it's too much. It's <laughs> there's just too much there. So. Um, well, that is it for our show. Uh, have you been reading anything else, or is, has this been all-consuming? I have not had time. I've read a few articles in a magazine or two, but I think Nature Conservancy, but that's about it. Um, yeah, I'm planning on reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, or listening to it, actually, because I got it on Audible, because um, I'm going to see her next month, so oh, hopefully awesome. I'll have that read by next show. You know what's listening. funny? That's that's how I actually started Audible was uh, my friend Lewis's wife uh, works for um, um, one of the universities down um, um, by the border. And uh, it um, I, I had a chance. He calls me and he says, hey, listen, Steve Wozniak is going to be there speaking. Uh, do you want do you think you can make it down here and you can meet him? And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I want to go down and meet Steve Wozniak. <laughs> Uh, so the first thing I did was I was like, I was listening to all these podcasts and they kept saying, Oh, you know, get an audible account and get like two free credits or a free credit or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try that. Cause I don't know if I'm gonna have time to read his book. I'll, I'll listen to his book and I'll listen to his book and I can't, you know, cancel my account. And then like a month later I was like, you know, I kind of enjoyed that. Maybe I'll try that again. And then I've been an audible member ever since. So, um, they get well, you with that free trial. Oh yeah. Cause you forget to cancel it and then you're like, Oh, I'll just get something else. Well, I mean, especially if your first book is is a good one. Like I could understand. Like I'll be honest, if this was my if if For the Wind was my first book, I would have probably <laughs> not come back. <laughs> oh, like, I'm never reading again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was. They were also heavily um, advertising on a lot of the podcasts I was listening to. So a lot of the shows, as the part of their advertisement segment, they would literally talk about what the stuff they were reading are, and they were like naming off these books and describing them. It's like wow, that sounds really interesting. Maybe I should try this thing out. And like I said, that's kind of how they got me to go back to it or whatever. So, um, so I says, I felt like this show was just for me. Well, you're welcome, Cyrus. I hope you enjoyed our review of the book. Um, Exclusive. <laughs> other things I've been reading, like I said, I've started reading the Harry Potter series. I did go ahead and read our next book, uh, the book we're reading for next month. It's as compared to this one, it's a pretty short. It's a pretty short book, but it's uh, Retin Link's a uh, book of uh, mythicality, and um, so that's what our next book will be re- uh, will be reading or reviewing for the next show. Um, I've already read it. I actually, in the pre-show, we were talking. I've been reading this this series, or listening to this series for over a year now, called uh, the Play to Live series. And last month, I finished book six, and I thought book six was the end. And I really didn't want to read book six because I was getting to a point. I was just like, I don't like where this story is going. I don't like how everything's happening in this book, but I've got to find out what happens. I finished book six and it's like, oh no, stay tuned for book seven. I'm just like, wait, there's more. Yeah, I was like, I I messaged the group and I'm like, my eye is twitching. I am so like pissed off slash frustrated or whatever. And so this month I went ahead and listened to book seven and it was getting a little bit back more to the original story, but it's still so freaking far out there. Like it's literally the book started off as this, uh, as this guy, he's got, he's got terminal cancer and he finds out that by playing this 
in this immersion capsule. If you play this game long enough, you basically get permanently assimilated in. You go perma. And so, like, they can, like, shut off all the things to his body and his body dies, but he will still live on. So it's a way to escape death. To live it's, forever, yeah. Yes, and it starts off as that. And I'm like, that's an interesting idea. What's going to happen when more and more people try to do this and this, that, and the other? It's literally to the point that this this fictional world, this video game world, and the real world have started crossing over and actual gods and demons are coming into play. And I'm just like, it is so far out there. it's just getting too much. And it's, it's that, but it's also... Um, the the author is Russian, and I have a, I have this fe- this feeling that um, he's he's um, popular in the Russian government and or has some kind of influence or something in that it's getting more and more nationalistic as well as it goes along. Which I'm like, it's not that it's Russia; it's just the fact it's very nationalistic, but it's also very. Um, well, let's just say women aren't of the highest uh, priority or character in the book. Uh, okay, so for example, this is a perfect example. <laughs> There's a part where he comes back, he, he teleports back into his living quarters, and his uh, assigned created uh, bodyguards slash assassins um, show up to get back in there to him. And they're all like, uh, and his words, um, they're very, uh, uh, wasp wasted, um, female warriors, scantily clad, which I'm like, fine, whatever it's a fantasy game or whatever. But the fact that, you know, he had to point out that, um, you know, their round behinds made it a little difficult for them to all get into the door, but you know, more than one at a time. I'm just like, oh know. my god, I will never read that book. I'm done. No, I would never tell anyone to read this book. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm done. It would be one thing if it like started off that way, and then eventually, and it's funny is because some of the characters are trolls or whatever and everything else, but I'm just like, this is just too 1980s nationalistic. So is this the, the series you traded back in? This is the series I traded back in. I it's Once I finished happens. the book, yes, once I finished the book, I went on to Audible, and you can actually trade books up to a year from when you purchased them. So I, I had bought the first three books over a year ago. Um, I traded in the last four books in the series, and like within five minutes, Audible came back and was like, all right, well, here's your credits back. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll start on Harry Potter. And, uh, of course, I'm already enjoying it. That's why I went – I was like, oh, I'll do this. I know I'm going to enjoy this. It's, But, uh, yeah, you know, if – no, I can't even say that because there are other – there are other lit RPG books out – series out there that are much better than this. Like I said, from what it started off as I thought was an interesting premise and where it's gone to is just batshit crazy. So and, – and the other thing is, is the guy – didn't even finish the story. It's been two, two and a half years since he wrote the last book. And he's been supposedly promising an eighth book. And there's been no word on it. And I'm just like, I'm, no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so I'm done with the sexism. I'm done with the nationalism. I've, I've got better things I can read. So anyway. Was it written by Donald J. Trump? No, it was not. The guy's so name was D. Like Roos. maybe that. <laughs> um. 
Oh, actually, well, Russia. Okay. Uh, Russia, sexism, <laughs> I mean. Just saying. Uh, um, God. That is our show for the uh, month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a full uh, five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google, Google Music. It does help out, uh, especially if you leave a, uh, a review there as well. Um, you can listen to us record the show live. Usually we do it about the first Wednesday of the month. Um, so next month we'll be doing uh, Rhett and Link's Book of Mythicality. Uh, I can already tell you, you know, no spoiler, but yeah, good book. Go read it. It's fun. It's whimsical. It's it's a good laugh. So, um, And then, of course, you can check out our other shows. Uh, the Epically Geeky Show, we do that bi-weekly. And then, of course, Sustainably Geeky, we do that once a month as well. Uh, and you can find all of those feeds on epicallygeeky.com, the uh, redesigned website. Um, we've actually got new... We've changed up the logo a little bit. We spruced up the website. We've even got new music. So uh, moving into our 2.0 stage, I guess. Um, but uh, And then you can find us at Epic Geeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Where can we find you online, Jennifer? I am on Epically Geeky, Marginally Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. And I think that's it. You know, yeah. technically you are on more shows on this network than i am and i started the network <laughs> well you do the maker shows sometimes yeah yeah i really got to get back into that but we'll we'll see so um well that is it for our show uh as as always you can find my individual wacky adventure online at optimus gene on facebook instagram and twitter for everyone on the site have a good night has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 